Welcome back to A Sane Future. I'm your host, Rich Kahn. With increasing traffic congestion, the high cost of infrastructure upgrades, and the need to confront our climate crisis, we're constantly faced with finding the most efficient, flexible, and convenient modes of travel. Well, here's two to ponder. Flying cars and hyperloops. Those of us who remember the Jetsons and their ubiquitous flying vehicles, which whisked George to and from work or the local brontosaurus butcher, have often fantasized about piloting such a cool little capsule. Well, I'm here to tell you we're clearly on the cusp of the flying car era. With thanks to The Week, let's take a look at where we are and what the immediate future holds. In the movie Back to the Future, the DeLorean travels from October 1985 to October 2015. Now, more than five years after that fictional date, flying vehicles are still not an everyday fact of life, but not for a lack of trying. A whole host of manufacturers are busily working on bringing them to your local regional airport in the very near future. Volkswagen is the latest to enter the fray and is conducting a feasibility study in China. It was recently reported by Reuters. Though you may believe that flying cars are a futuristic fantasy, they're actually already in use in a variety of forms. There are commercial jetpacks, flying motorbikes, and personal air taxis. Thus, flying cars are here and figure to play a very important role in how we commute, work, and generally live in the coming decades. One of the more interesting companies in this space is DeLorean Airspace. Yes, DeLorean. This time, the company is led by Paul DeLorean, nephew of John, the founder of the original company whose car was the star of the aforementioned film. One model in development is the DR7, designed like a Formula One racing car for the sky. Developed for personal use, this car will be capable of vertical takeoffs and landings. Other companies actively developing vehicles include Uber, Airbus, Kitty Hawk, Joby, Lilium, and Volocopter. Lilium plans to establish its first hub in Orlando, expecting to have some 20 million Floridians within range of its winged electric aircraft that can also take off vertically and cover some 185 miles. Most significantly, the FAA, according to the Rob report, has already cleared the world's first flying car for takeoff. TerraFuge's Transition has a special light sport aircraft certificate, but the U.S. company will need to finish the car to make it street legal. The two-seater from this Massachusetts-based company folds up nicely to fit in a single-car garage, but will need to meet safety standards from both the FAA and the National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration. The airplane mode of the transition will now be for sale to pilots and flight schools, but the driving side won't be finished for another year. The car version will be powered by a hybrid electric motor. Still, the goal is to have the complete version legal for both sky and road use in 2022. If you're interested, you'll need a sport pilot certificate and a driver's license to operate the craft. Okay, you ask, what about infrastructure? A place to take off and land these new fancy air cars. Well, by the end of this year, we'll likely witness a technological revolution making the normalization of flying cars a reality. Say hello to the first airport for flying cars. According to Yahoo, a British company called the Urban Airport is developing the airport's infrastructure in Coventry, England, in partnership with Hyundai. Ricky Sandu, the driving force behind the Urban Port, has said that with the UK government and Hyundai's support, the project would become the first such airport in the world, 
and is being built to support zero emissions goals for future transport. They have statistics saying that the flying car market could be worth $500 billion in the United States alone. The airport plans to host something called the EV Toll aircraft, which they believe will be faster, cheaper, and more environmentally friendly than standard cars. The airport is scheduled to open in November of this year. So, Jetsons fans, in the very near future, you may be able to commute and visit friends and relatives without the hassle of traversing congested roadways. How does that sound? Now, if you're someone who fancies faster, easier, train-like transportation, I have something for you as well, although its future is a bit less certain. As detailed in reports from Wired, the Hyperloop, Elon Musk's dream of high-speed tube travel, is now five years old. And though the initial hype has certainly died down, there are a few companies and hundreds of engineers still toiling to bring this dream to reality. Hyperloop Technologies recently unveiled its first full-scale passenger capsule. It's more than 100 feet long and weighs some 5 tons. Hyperloop Transportation is the first company born in response to Musk's suggestion in August 2013 that someone build a sort of train that combines levitation pods and virtually air-free pods to eliminate friction and drag, thus allowing for high-speed travel while using small amounts of energy. It has formed partnerships and is currently trying to figure out where it could run, who its customers might be, how much it should cost, and, well, you get the idea. It's considering places like the U.S., France, the United Arab Emirates, India, Brazil, China, South Korea, and Indonesia, among others, at the same time it's working on all the regulatory, legal, and insurance issues needed for a new form of transportation. Virgin Hyperloop One, backed by Richard Branson, also has an array of partners and has built a 1,600-foot-long test track in the Nevada desert. They recently became the first company to actually successfully test the concept by placing two passengers in its Pegasus vehicle and giving them a 15-second ride at 100 miles per hour. Then there's the visionary Musk's Boring Company, which envisions high-speed underground mass transit systems, initially between Baltimore, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and New York. How about traveling between New York and Washington in just 30 minutes? His initial plans call for a 30-minute up to 150-mile-an-hour trip between Baltimore and D.C. But his real plan is a 700-mile-per-hour trip between New York and Washington. His plans are steeped in caution. The potential future use of Hyperloop technology is currently unknown, his company has written. The Boring Company is well aware of the traffic congestion in the Northeast Corridor, as well as the current multi-billion dollar Amtrak revamp, which would allow for more frequent and faster service between Boston and Washington. The company believes that 8 to 16 tunnels could be built in 15 to 23 months. That presupposes it's able to run the gauntlet of multiple state and federal government approvals. There are others, of course, but no one as of yet has built an actual system that can move people or cargo between actual destinations for real money. Aside from all the obvious challenges, the biggest question is how to make the Hyperloop financially viable enough to compete with established modes of transportation like trains and airplanes. For all these reasons, I'm not necessarily out, but we shouldn't expect a fully functioning approved system for at least a few more years. Will it be worth the wait? Will it put a dent in high-speed train or air travel? We shall see. But one thing is for sure. 
transportation is about to get a whole lot more interesting. Thanks for tuning in to A Sane Future. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. We can't do any of this without your support. Visit asanefuture.com and follow A Sane Future on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. This is Rich Khan. Thanks again for listening, and please arrive home safely. Thank you.